All right, we'll try it again. What's happening? How you doing? This is Tony. Welcome to Finding Subjects Podcast, episode 115. Episode 115. It's sometimes hard not to repeat yourself when you're we're talking to people 15, 115 times. And, you know, uh, it's funny. There's a that, that inner circle of friends, and then there's that inner, inner circle of friends. And those are the people that have heard your stories a million times. And it was funny. When I first started the podcast, they were like, think about this tone. A whole new audience. <laughs> a whole new audience that never heard your stories. So we don't have to hear them anymore. And they said that in in jest because they love my stories. They want me to repeat my stories because it makes them laugh. I'm just saying that. I don't really know if they want to hear them all the time. But I have, I end up saying them and telling them, that, you ever hear this one? Did you remember the time? And they're just like, start laughing. But I love talking to people and that comes through um, in that. So 115 times talking to, to you all, you know, to my children, to their children or their children's children in the future. I don't know who you are. Uh, but this is what this is all about, leaving a little legacy, leaving a little bit of words for the future to uh, just to kind of like time travel in that way, to time travel into the future as I time travel into the past and, you know, recollect different stories and memories and share them with you. So anyway, I'm sitting here with a bunch of books. I love my books, by the way. I don't we've never talked books. We've talked about my love for, you know, being an author, uh, for achieving that. And then you put that P word in front of author. Uh, the published author. Well, hey, technically speaking, I've printed my books out, so I'm a published author. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about? It, the dream was to be signed by the literary agent and to go that route, which is probably the most difficult way. And why would you, uh, especially in these days where you can self-publish, also called vanity publishing? And personally, I had somebody saying, dude, I'll put the money up. Not a problem. I got it covered. Print out as many books as you want, and we're good to go. And I'm like, nah, you know, listen, man, thank you very much. No thanks. I This was just one of those bucket list tasks that I put in front of myself to do. I've done it many times, and I'm good. I, I don't really have to be, like, in print in regards to, like, people being able to read uh, my nonsensical words. <laughs> you know, it's just it's one of those little achievements that or little tasks that we put before ourselves to to achieve. And that's what it was. Uh, but, however, my love for, for uh, books— has always remained and it was a, it was tough man the first time we moved in our first house I had I had thousands of books then it went down to less than that when we moved the second time and all these books when I kind of had to go through them went to Goodwill or wherever they went um, and then it's like narrowing down my favorite books and to my favorite books to my favorite books and how do you do that like it's a collection to me it's all all of them mean something right or I wouldn't have taken the time to sit, you know, to sit there and read them over the course of many years in my lifetime. So right now, it's funny, in the bunker, I have books stacked up. And why? Like, why would I keep a book I already read? Well, sometimes, like, I'll, put, I'll pick up a book, and, and like, for this one right now, it's uh, Letting Go and Trusting God, 180 Devotions for Life's Tough Decisions by Pamela McQuaid. And it's just cool. It's just... Um, you know, you, you turn a page and it'll say wise advice or then a world of difference and then uh, kinder, gentler choices, desert living, yoked to sin, uh, the ultimate blessing, every day, ever, uh, never give up, trust for in between, a thoughtful response, selflessness personified, the right choice, question mark, um, wrong choice, question mark, wholehearted sacrifice, question mark, 
uh, bearing witness, trust but verify, perfect. So these are all headers. And then underneath those headers, it'll give a little uh, biblical uh, uh, blurb, if you will, uh, a little capture of uh, something from the Bible. Uh, let me see here. Let's just give you an example. Do you love me? And then re beneath that is uh, John 21, 17. And it says, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Feed my sheep. So um, then he goes, or this person goes into, like, say, three paragraphs, getting into that. It's just a cool book. Now, I keep, and here's the really weird part. I don't remember putting pictures in here. However, there are pictures in here. The first photograph is my grandfather. My grandfather was a piece of work. He was a really good dude, and uh, I, I loved this guy. I loved all my grandparents, but um, this guy's name was Mike Ring, right? Michael Ring from Ireland. Uh, came over as a came over as a wee lad. Uh, had a slight Irish brogue, but not as as uh, pronounced as my grandmother. Uh, she was from Belfast. This guy was from Cork. But he's wearing, <laughs> he's wearing, you know, one of those captain's hats, like a seafaring, a seafaring captain. It's got like the black rim with the gold stripe around it. Then it's a white hat with like probably a ship's wheel. So basically, he's the captain. <laughs> he's the captain, man. Dude was so cool, right? Always well-dressed. So he's as, uh, he has dress slacks on. He has a dress shirt, a white dress shirt. He has uh, a pocket. You know, there's a there's a pocket to the left. Um, in that pocket's a pair of glasses. Um, I don't ever remember him seeing him in glasses, but um, a little heavy set guy. He's a big guy. He's probably about, probably about six foot tall. And on his left uh, wrist, <clears throat> now this is interesting. Is a watch. It's a silver watch. I know that watch because he gave me that watch. Um, it was uh, during one of the little speeches that he had with me about life. Um, but that was his watch. I believe it was a Hamilton Railroad special. You know, not a very expensive watch. But to him, because he worked on the railroad and he retired from the railroad, he worked for the B&O Railroad, um, that was given to him. So that was extremely special to him. And he would pull me aside every once in a while. I was probably, again, eight, eight, nine years old. He'd give all these responsibilities to me about how you have to remember where you came from. And it's, a, it's great to tell stories. But back to this photograph, he's, he, <laughs> I don't know who this lady is. He's with this lady. That cannot be my grandmother. I've never seen my grandmother in a bathing suit. Ugh. <laughs> it's a one-piece. It's a one-piece bathing suit. It's pink. Um, she's got her hand on her hip, man. She's got her hip a little flexed out there. This could be my grandma. Like, I don't think grandpa picked up some, um, you know, an elderly lady on a beach. And I, I can I guarantee you it's not written where this was taken. I know where it was taken. Miami. You know why? Dude loved Miami. They went to Miami all the time. They were like, and that was Miami back in the heyday. The Fontainebleau, whatever it's called. I mean, that's where they stayed, right? Um, he loved my, and they took the train to get there. And I believe they didn't have to pay because he was a life, a lifer, uh, railroad guy. This could be my grandma or someone he picked up, <laughs> someone he picked up. I don't know. 
Uh, but he's well-dressed. He's on the beach. Uh, you could see the beautiful ocean in the background, even in this faded black and white photograph. Just a great guy. And here's the funny thing about him. Just love to tell stories. I wonder where I get it from, right? He uh, was born in, in Cork, Ireland, right near the uh, Blarney Castle. It's all coming together, isn't it, folks? They say if you kiss the Blarney Stone, you have the gift of gab. He must have made out with it. Because <laughs> he had the gift of gab. And I've never kissed a Blarney Stone, but I'm telling you what, I definitely have the genetics from him. But also, he loved his Seagrams. So when he'd get a Seagrams going, Seagrams 7 and 7, the songs would start to come out. Irish eyes are smiling, Danny boy. Irish tunes I've never heard before. Just used to love sitting there listening to him. But uh, that photograph is in this little book. I don't get it. The next one is, there's a date on the back of this one. July 1982. <laughs> you got to see. I mean, I'm never going to share this photograph with you. First of all, because of what, um, hey, now, what my <laughs> what my wife and all the women in this photograph are wearing. These velour, is that the proper word? Like a velour uh one piece. So imagine if you, uh, I'm not a style guy. I know nothing about clothes, but let's try to figure this out. You remember tube tops? <laughs> All right. <laughs> of course I do. But somehow it's almost like as if a tube top was t attached to uh, a short set. And then, you know, like, so it was all one piece. Uh, I, I okay. <laughs> all, all the women are wearing these. But here's the really cool thing. Um, it's the band. It's the band minus the bass player. And, man, we were so young. And this was July 1982. And I even know where we were. We were at Great Adventure in New Jersey. So it's myself, my now current wife. It's uh, my buddy Ricky. He's a guitar player with his current wife. Um, it's my buddy Bob with his current wife. And my buddy John, uh, not with his current wife, you know. Um, but anyway, just to see us being goofy, it just brings back. Someone had to take his picture, so maybe the bass player took the picture. But great memories, man, of us just totally goofing around with a police officer. <laughs> yes, there's a, there's a police officer in the photograph. Uh, I can't even, can I put this? I'm not, I don't even know. I don't have anybody's permission. I'm not putting this up. But where'd this picture come from? Why is it in this book? I don't know. But I think it's really cool. Um, and, you know, I should have actually paid better attention to, uh, well, I'm going to. I'm going to open the page right where the pictures were, and here's what this says. One day at a time. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. That's Matthew 6, 34. It's just a cool book. So I surround myself with these books, the reason being you never know what you're going to find inside of them. Sometimes I even underline things. And here's a... There's another book here that it's it's totally empty, and and it's a book. Well, I can't say totally empty. Each page has roughly three or four or five headers, and it's a book to prompt you. All right, and you might say, "What are you talking about, dude?" So in writing, right, uh, it'll come with questions. It's trying to get you think to think. It's trying to get you uh, in the mood to flow with your writing. Uh, uh, abilities, you know, if you're stuck, if you're in a quagmire. An example? Okay, here we go. Uh, what gives you a sense of security? Do you think take it one day at a time is good advice? Why or why not? 
Name or describe the five things you are most thankful for right now. You're a magician. What is your stage name? And what is your what's your featured trick? Uh, disappear? Tony the Magnificent? What do you want me to tell you? Name, name something you learned from your grandparents or from someone who was much older than you. How about that? The gift of gab. <laughs> did, did they give you advice? If so, what was it about? I don't really remember the advice, but the I definitely know it was about communication. It was about just being kind and cool to everyone. That's what I learned, I think, from my grandfather. It was just, he was a happy guy. He just wanted to do things for people. He just, uh, if I may, I, I think he was a lonely guy. You know, I remember, man, this is personal. Do I share this? It was many, uh, no, we're not going to. I'm going to leave it for him. For him. You know, I, it was just something that he said to my father and I was there, um, that he was a lonely guy. Anyway, okay. We're, oh, here, here's one. Name a weird mannerism you have. Do others notice it? Does it help you or bother you? A weird mannerism? Me? <laughs> How many hours you got? <laughs> All right. What event from your youth still teaches you lessons today? And how do you apply what you learned? I'm going to take that prompt right now. Let's uh, come up with that. All right. What event from your youth still teaches you lessons today? And how do you apply what you learned? My youth. Let's think of I'm just going to pull one out of the hat. I'm walking home from school, grade school. Uh, why was I there? Well, a detention. Why was it detention? I don't know. I'm sure I said something. Probably part of my mannerisms. Um, but I, I'll take this one day. I remember it. I'm walking home. <clears throat> Excuse me. These two guys pop out of a bush. Seriously. All right. We're gonna, you're going to fight us both. I'm like, okay. Let's let's you know. Let's talk about this a little bit. Well, meanwhile, the one guy kind of crawls behind me, and you know the old, let me let me get down on my old fours behind you, you know, behind the person. Then you get in front of them, and then you push them, and then they fall over and go boom, right? So they did this. They tried to do this. I saw the guy. I'm like, and I I'm not lying to you. I'm like, I'm just gonna go along with this because honestly, it's so stupid. Let's just let it happen, and then. They pushed me over. I remember rolling and exaggerating my roll. I'm like, oh, oh, man. And then, all right, now you're going to fight one of us. I'm like, what's, the, what's going on here? Like, what's this all about? You're in our neighborhood. I'm like, I'm in your neighborhood. I go to school in your neighborhood. I know these kids, right? They're not in my class. They're in my grade, but not in my class. So I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like, what are you doing? We start talking before I know it. Uh, some, somehow a diversion happened, whether it was somebody yelling across the street or something, they're looking over and the one kid starts yelling back. And then, uh, the dude's got a baseball or something. Uh, I, I guess it was a baseball in his hand. And I'm like, he tosses it to me. I throw it back to him before, you know, it, we're talking, we left as friends. Now they may not have known it, but they were dealing with a master. <laughs> one of my mannerisms. <laughs> Because the master is, I'm pretty good at negotiating. I'm pretty good at talking to people. I'm pretty good at remaining calm. A lot of you won't believe this, especially in the medical world. <laughs> remaining calm under duress. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I could talk my way out of something. Okay, I really did not feel like fighting that day. I could have probably fought. I, you know, you go home, you got a bloody nose. I don't know if anybody's ever gotten beaten up. You, you know, it hurts initially. Um, but you know, it goes away, 
you know, I've gotten, I've been beat up. I've been beat up so bad that you're numb. And no matter how many times you get hit after that, you're not feeling it. You're just laughing. You know, you laugh right back at them. This is taking a dark turn here, right? The moral of this story, what did I learn from that? Because that's what the question was. What event from your youth still teaches you lessons today? Talk things out. It is easy. Honest to God, it's easy when you're young and stupid, you know, and someone wants to fight you and you just want to start fighting. Go ahead. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're trying to change someone's opinion on something and you think fighting is going to do it, it's not going to do it. You can punch someone in the face 20 times to try to change their mind or try to influence them into in, your, your way of thinking, and it's not going to work. Trust me. I've done it. It's, I don't, I'm not bragging about that. But what kind of what are you going to do? What are you going to accomplish by fighting someone physically? Nothing. That person's probably going to hate you even more. You can't force someone to be your friend. You can't force someone to think like you think. You can't force someone to believe something that they don't want to believe or the way they don't want to, to think something they don't want to think. Violence will get you nowhere. I'm going to segue that a little bit because that's just a little uh, what event from my youth still teaches you lessons today question. I, it just popped in my head. And, and the reason it did is because I learned, that, I learned a valuable lesson that day. Not that I didn't already know that lesson, but it kind of was redefined. Like, dude, stick, on, stick to being you in regards to talking to people, communication skills, which is something I think I'm very, very good at. Uh, and I don't normally, you know, I'm not like that. I'm not a pretentious guy. You hear me joke about my unbelievable looks and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, but I will say something that it is, it is true. I'm very good at, at talking to people, listening to people, and trying to understand where they're coming from. I think a lot of that had to do with the hobby of writing, where you're trying to take your own brain and put it into someone else's mind. You're trying to create a character and develop a, a believable character. And then you have to get inside that character's mind and try to imagine what it's like to be that character. What are they thinking in that circumstance? And how are they going to react? And it, it is in that way that um, I probably had a flaw because I could never, you know, like just be a flat-out killer within the, the storyline. It always had to be an empathetic or a logical, uh, meaningful communication of some sort to end the story. Uh, which always doesn't lead for a, a good ending, right? You want some something like powerful and crazy, but but that's part of me that I always had to resolve issues, even when trying creative writing, to to resolve that normally. So that's something that I learned big time, I think, throughout my life. Whatever the situation is, if it's just a verbal conflict, if it's a disagreement between two people, if you see people like if you're just trying to get something across to someone, raising your voice, raising your fist, forcibly trying to make somebody understand and convince them that your way of thinking on whatever the subject matter may be, insert whatever you're, thought, you're thinking of, you want them, you want to convince them to think your way. It doesn't work that way. However, if you work on your communication skills and you sit there and you try to find a way to convey your thoughts and, and meaning in words, skillfully crafted or not. You hear me. I stumble over my words all the time. My mind's going a million point one miles per hour 
and my thoughts and words got to try to keep up sometimes. It's just how I've always been. And that's difficult because I got a million things I want to say to you. I got to slow it on down. And you'll even hear that in my voice on this podcast. Again, you know, I talk about why I do the podcast. It's almost like a therapy for me that I work things out just about thoughts in the world or just things that are going on with me. And it's relaxing. And I trying, if you listen to early episodes, You'll hear me, hey, hey, how you doing? It's Tony, welcome to find the subject. I'm going a million miles. I sound like one of those lawyers at the end of a commercial, like, you know, uh, talking so fast, talking nervously, if you will. Now I'm at the point where, like, I'm sitting here talking to you in a bunker, staring at this wall and these books in front of me. I'm extremely relaxed, and you can hear that in my voice. You can hear me calm down and just be nonsensical sometimes and trying to make my point and just being very calm and cool and collected. Um, while I'm doing that. And I think that's also important when you are communicating with someone, especially if you're trying to convey a message that is really important to you. And I think it's one of the big problems in the world right now that our leadership, politicians, people in charge, people making some really important moves don't have very good communication skills. And again, I have, I'm not a college graduate. I'm not anyone that ever did any better than probably a C in, in school. I couldn't care less. Didn't like school. You know what I aced? Psychology and sociology. That was it. I could care about, and that was in college. I could care about any, I, I just, listen, folks. I mean, I'm not bragging about that. Is there attention deficit in there? You mean you really had to keep my, it was difficult for me to sit there and listen to somebody talk. But, man, talk about something I'm interested in. I am locked in like a fighter pilot. On target, man. Bring it. Give it to me. Feed me. Feed me. <laughs> I don't know. That was from a, a movie, I believe, about a plant that wants to eat people. Feed me. But, you know, I, I just thankfully learned that lesson that you can get your brains beat in by fist. It's happened to me. I've dished it out and taken it. Either way. Never convinced me one way or the other. I've never convinced somebody one way or the other. That was just uh, growing up in the neighborhood. But words, thoughtfully utilized, move mountains. Just incredible. So I'm going to segue right from that into uh, this weekend's news, man. You know, like what's going on? And I don't have the answer for this. I'm just going to mention this because we are talking about um, communicating with each other and understanding with each other so far in the city of Philadelphia. And you could pick any city in the United States, honestly, because it's, it's, ha it's happening all over the world. And what I'm about to get to is violence upon each other. Just right now in the city of Philadelphia, we have surpassed 500 shootings. 500 shootings plus. That means when I say that, uh, a shooting, that means someone being shot by another person. In that 500-plus shootings, January, February, March, April, okay, three, let's call it January, February, March, three and a half months, because April is in the middle of April, and I realized it was April, right? 500 shootings, 500 times someone pulled a trigger looking at a human being with intent to hurt or worse. Anybody who's logical out there, that is, I'm going to tackle a big word right now, unfathomable. I don't understand that. Out of that 500-plus people shot, 130-plus are no longer with us. What is the solution to that type of violence? And we could easily say, well, 
Those folks that are doing that, they're criminals. I guarantee you those weapons that they're utilizing are not legal or not licensed. They're out there committing crimes, petty thefts that might escalate into extreme violence. We don't live on the streets. We don't know what it's like to grow up in the neighborhoods uh, where you can't get a job or jobs are not plentiful. We don't know what it's like for the most part to live in a city and maybe get a sub—and I'm not saying this is for Philadelphia. I'm saying—and let's just correct that—an urban environment. We don't know what it's like to grow up in an urban environment and maybe get substandard uh, education, opportunities. We don't know what's like, what that's like, most of us. I got a good percentage of my listeners that do. I got a good percentage of my listeners that understand what it's like to be hungry, to be of a different color, to grow up in the neighborhoods that people normally wouldn't go through. There's a good percentage of my listeners I went to school with. Our school was in one such city. It was in an urban environment. They grew up that way. They grew up, you can't go one block over or two blocks over. Or Friday night, you got to go get your uh, trash can lids and meet meet down at the field, and we have a we have a rock fight. I was there. I was with them. We don't all have it good. So I'm never going to sit here and pass judgment about what's happening in a major city in regards to that. All I can tell you is it's very difficult for most people that I know to understand and accept that. And I think we will all agree on that, correct? So what are the answers? I think, and you would agree with me, things need to be done. Action needs to take place. We can talk to her blue in the face about better education, more opportunities, and promise these people at the voting polls, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do that for you, and then in nothing but empty promises and I think those people need to be accountable and held accountable by being elected out of office if they're not doing their job. But I think what we can all do, you have dialogue about it. You communicate about it. You talk about it. And you could say, yeah, that's fine, Tone. But uh, how about when you're getting robbed in a, at gunpoint? Then what do you do? I've been in that situation. I didn't see the gun. The guys said they had a gun. I was scared to death. Probably one of the craziest moments in my entire life. Did not happen in the city. Happened at a a railroad underpass in a major intersection. My buddy, another buddy, Jimmy, may God rest his soul. He won't give up his watch. His guy, his his other guy, has his hand in his pocket. He's got a gun, he says. We were young. Did he? I don't know if he did. He had his hand in his pocket. Anything could have been in his pocket. Probably a finger extended towards me. I I don't know. But when that's happening, you're scared to death. I'd never thought of killing somebody until that moment right there because I could have pushed him right out in the traffic, and that would have been the end of it. And I'm telling you, folks, as scary as this may sound and as nuts as this may sound, I was seconds away from doing it my life would have totally been devastated and changed it forever. 
And I thank God. I thank God I never did that. And I thank God they walked away. I don't understand. Somebody, in fact, I posed this question on Facebook uh, yesterday. The question was, you know, exactly how I stated it to you folks. I, m- I mentioned the facts, 500-plus shootings, 130-plus uh, deaths. What are the solutions? And people had responded, you know, really logical responses on there. And I had to take it down because a couple of my friends do not have filters. And I'm not out to offend anybody, man. I was just trying to create a little bit of dialogue so we could talk about this. Uh, Growing up in an urban environment doesn't discriminate. You can be white or black or or Hispanic, whatever. But I just wanted them to realize that maybe open some dialogue. Just think about a little bit. You know, some said, listen, you got to meet it head on with violence to save yourself. Another guy put up, look, it's about understanding and this is not just a there's a lot involved with this it it is the education it it is um, the pandemic it is the lack of education in jobs poverty levels yeah and me talking to you about that about this I'm not going to change that but I think we just need to open that possibility within our minds to a little bit more of understanding and say, you know what? I get it. It's not excusable. It's not acceptable. But I understand why they would possibly do that. And even in those words, I still have a problem accepting that because I can't ever accept anybody hurting another human being. And I think that was the general consensus of uh, the replies that I had from folks. So a very hard thing for me to understand how someone would want to hurt somebody so bad. Even to the people that we really have a problem with, I don't wish death on. So I don't know. What event from your youth still teaches you lessons today? And how do you apply what you learned? Hmm. Makes you think, right? Such a violent world. Do we meet it eye for an eye like the Old Testament? Or do we turn the other cheek like the New Testament? There's a whole lot of people that would willingly, gladly accept the other cheek and give you another shot in the face. And then it turns to the question, are we as human beings inherently evil or inherently kind? This is an evil place sometimes because that's what gets the news. That's what gets the headlines. That's what gets the top story. But you got to weed and sow way in between all of that to find the good stories. And I do believe the good stories outpace the bad. I don't know. So from all of this, I'm asking you to be empathetic, Uh, reasonable, understanding, kind to your fellow human beings, but not to the point where it's going to hurt you. Just open your mind and be a little bit more aware of what's going on around you and, and certainly question what you read and what you see on the news. A lot happening in this world. A buddy of mine, uh, well, hey, Bob, you know, Bob can still use your prayers, man. He's got a little bit of problems going on. 
Uh, he's back in the hospital, actually. The operation all was fine, but he's in AFib, and they're trying to uh, to get him squared away with that. So he went back Friday and uh, had a little bit of a problem with the other operation. They took care of that right away. It's not, you know, it was fine. And then uh, he came back later on that night. So, again, he's in AFib, and hopefully they can get that taken away and and, and fixed. But one of my buddies called me. We were talking about Bob and then um, just talking about the world and everything, man. We just started talking about, you know, the, the COVID, the vaccine, the violence, and how I, how I ended it with him. And I said, listen, dude, I said, it's all overwhelming. I said, I don't know the answers to any of it. I said, but it's kind of ironic, you know, it's uh, when you take everything away. I said, I don't have any answers for any of it at all, at all. But uh, I'll tell you what's getting me through it and what's making me feel better about it is just the belief that God walks with me. And again, like we talked a couple episodes back, when we can't see two sets of footsteps with this, uh, this all-powerful and all-knowing entity with us. Uh, maybe that's the times where he's carrying us. Um, I don't know, but that in my belief in God, in my belief that God is, uh, always watching over us, things will happen in life. Uh, there's no guarantee that that won't happen, but in our journeys, I believe, and I ask God every day to be, to walk with me and to be with me and my family, my wife, my children, my friends, even if I haven't seen my friends in forever, my loved ones, people I don't even like, I ask God to be with all of that and to help us through this journey of every day trying to live peacefully with each other and trying to just get get along. Can't we all just get along, right? Can't we just be friends? Famous saying. Yeah, can't we? And I pray for that. I pray for that every day. And I also, something interesting here is, you know, we talked about before, but um, I can say that and feel good about it Uh because I've also surrendered everything. And I pray on that all the time. I'm going to be straight up with you, man. We had all, some really awesome thunder, thunder and lightning last night. I'm a weirdo. I like that stuff. Nothing like a good thunderstorm to me. As long as I don't lose power and nobody gets hurt, no houses get struck and nothing's on fire. But just love. Like last night we had a couple hits, and, man, like the entire condo shook. Like I heard something rattling on the table. I'm like, there we go. Like, good one. That's it. Love that stuff. Why? Because it reminds me I'm alive. It reminds me how small we are, how insignificant we seem to such a powerful force that is in this universe, like a thunderstorm, a simple thunderclap from, from this bolt of lightning, this massive amount of energy expanding and explode, exploding in the atmosphere and creating this thunder. Amazing how it all happens. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you for everything. Afterwards, I just couldn't go to sleep. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. I walked out. I took a look out of the curtains, uh, looked out over the woods, right by the tree line where the lights are. I sometimes uh, see if I see deer. I didn't see any last night. I see so many so many uh, different variations of wildlife there. But um, I thought about something that a pastor uh, that I listen to every once in a while, Dr. Charles Stanley, thought about something that he, was, he always talked about when his, his mom— um, was raising him, and sometimes she'd be at the foot of his bed or beside his bed on her knees praying. And straight up, man, think I'm a goofball? Go ahead, I don't care. I'm going to tell you right now. I got on my knees right there, um, elbows on the ottoman, 
and put my hands together, and I gave thanks. I gave thanks for everything. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, okay. <laughs> Everybody else is asleep. I got on my knees, man, and I put my elbows on that ottoman, and I put my hands together, and I put my head into my hands, and I gave thanks for everything, for my heart problem, for the anxiety, for the depression, for my family, for my children, for every situation, both good and bad, that I've ever encountered in life, because I, sh I am certain there's a lesson in that, for my gift of gab, for this passion and desire within me to talk to you, to please watch over everybody, to keep us healthy and happy, safe in this crazy world, and to again say some of the craziest and scariest words I've ever had to say. I surrender to you. Do with me what you need to do. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm praying on it, man. I've been praying on it for a long time. I don't know what I'm doing. But please use me somehow to make a difference. Uh, and I don't feel, I don't want me to be pretentious and think that I have to make a dis difference or I am somebody worthy of making a difference. But I just say it like that. Please, please don't let my life be purposeless, meaningless, slothful. Please let something that I do matter and make a difference, even if it's with one person. That's what I did, 3 o'clock in the morning. That's why I'm, like, exhausted right now. <laughs> Straight up with you, man. I just, uh, it's funny, someone texted me this morning, and we, we were talking about um, a little bit more about the gun thing. And he said, hey, uh, uh, our, our mutual friend sent me your link, man, because I didn't know you were doing a podcast, because I really appreciate it. It was really good. I liked it. And I was like, thank you, man. You know, thank you very much. Um, I don't know why I do it. I don't think I'm very good at it. But there's, have you ever just felt something within you? Like, you just got to do it, man. And you don't know really why. Because you're certainly not getting anything out of it from a financial or material standpoint. It's actually costing you to do it. Call it a hobby, whatever. But you just can't not do it. Well, welcome to my world. <laughs> And with that, listen, I uh, wish you health and happiness in this world. I ask you to keep an open mind and be cool to everyone and just try to be understanding to uh, someone that you really don't understand or having a hard time dealing with. Pray for our leadership. God knows it needs it. It needed it the last uh, four years. It needs it, certainly, this four years coming up. We're all over the place, folks. There's a lot of things happening. And um, I just pray that God's watching over us all. That's all I got. Episode 119. 119? 115. I jumped the gun. Keep wanting to get the guitar out and play something for you. I'm playing when you're not looking. A lot of acoustic stuff. I put these new strings on, man. I got a little, a little bit of a buzz going on. They do have a, uh, a sharp, a, a clean, but yet ringing sound i'm not really liking it i might have to change those strings out but i think i'm going to go to uh guitar center one of these days and play a few acoustic guitars i don't have the cash for a new acoustic but i just want to play like a really cheap one and then i want to pick up like a ten thousand dollar acoustic guitar like the best they have and i want to play that one and then i want to find one like you know i want to play a taylor i want to play a martin 
I just want to feel what it feels like to, to have something like that and, and see if it really sounds different or if it's easier to play. Um, and then I want to come home and appreciate what I have and play that. That Johnson. It's an acoustic. And uh, it's got a pretty decent sound. Like I said, it's a little tinty right now. And we'll see how that goes. But I've been getting into all kinds of really cool, looking up acoustical, uh, all acoustical stuff. Like uh, Numb, just a really cool acoustic version I found by uh, Linkin Park. I would love to play that tune in front of a lot of people. So maybe that's going to be in the future gathering. I'll tell you about the future gathering, gathering, right? We might just get together for uh, just hang out with the band and just play. So that is really good. Yo, and then a, an acoustic version of Dream On by Aerosmith. Just really cool. I, I'm just big into the acoustic sound right now, so maybe that one. Um, we'll see. Having fun with it. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you're going through a hard time, uh, I'm keeping you in my prayers. If you need help, uh, please ask God to help you out, uh, whatever it is. And I say God, let me just uh, emphasize this. I'm not here to change your mind and try to convert you to the Christian God. That's my God. Whatever God you're praying to, whatever your higher power is, whatever it is, I'm not going to pass judgment or try to convert people here. We're not talking about that. Pray to your higher power, whatever it is. Because I'm not, I, I have people from all over the world Muslim, Hindu, Christian, Buddhist. You're all out there. And I respect you all. So pray to your God. Pray to whoever it is that you pray to. Because in some way, I believe they're all connected. It's all this power, this, this entity that we don't understand, and yet is in different. Well, we can't get too technical on this because now my Christian friends are like, well, what are you talking about? It's only one God. I get you, I know, uh, just be patient with me. <laughs> Have a great day, and we'll talk to you later on this week. I'm having a good time, and I'm in a fantastic mood, and I think it's going to stick around. You know, I've had a lot of things going on, and um, prayed on a lot of it, and I'm feeling better about it all. So there you go. Have a fantastic day. Hopefully the sun shines, man. It's been rainy, gloomy the past two, three days, but uh, I could use I could use a walk. Got to get down to uh, the Christiana Mall as well. Got to get to Cabela's. Uh, Got to get, a, get something from my buddy. Uh, Talk to you. Have a great one. See you later. Peace. Peace.